the thing that makes them stand out when you watch them on on DVD or on, you know, however, whatever vehicle you use to watch it, the thing that ha- where the anointing is the greatest is where the passion is the highest. Say passion. I can't, you know, it's like Jeremiah said concerning the word of God. Jeremiah carried a lot of hard words from the Lord to the people of God. And it got to the place where he said, Lord, uh, I really don't m- much want to do this anymore. <laughs> Every word you give me to give to the people is, is hard. I mean, strong, corrective. I mean, you're giving, you're pronouncing, you know, pending judgments. And I've got to be the vessel to give it. I, I'd rather not say it. But then he said, but he was being honest with God. But he said, but I can't hold back speaking your word because it's like fire shut up in my bones. And I feel like that way about praise and worship. I cannot not praise you. It's like fire shut up in my bones. (laughs) Amen. See, well, glory, let's just go into it. I told you uh, a couple of weeks ago that I was going to share something this past Sunday about what we're going to need to make it through 2019 in a, with greater victories and greater triumph. Then last week, the Holy Spirit took that service and took us into that place. I believe a wake-up call that we don't get. It, to me, it was very, I felt the fear of the Lord all through that message. I really did. I have shared that, ver- that message before. But the anointing was so strong in that last week. You know, Pastor Carol said when she came up, she began to shake because the power of God and the, the anointing of God was that strong. And I, I honestly felt the same thing, but I didn't articulate. It was like, whew, wow, God, you are so good. But yet we need to be in awe and love you and fear you properly. Amen. He's not there with a big hammer. I'm talking about the awesome reverence of God, that we're in awe. You know, those songs about bowing before. Bow down and worship. It's not just words. It's like it's the heart. And when we put action to it. Now, I know it's difficult when you're sitting in the seats, but you can bow down and worship. It's just the act. Father, I humble myself before you. You deserve I mean, Listen, when I get to heaven, and they say, by what virtue do you desire to enter in here? I'm going to fall prostrate at the feet of the Lord and say nothing but the blood. Or whoever, if it's an angel, nothing but the blood. Amen. Amen. Say nothing but the blood. Wow. Phew. Okay. This is saying it won't open up. Open up in Jesus' name. I command you. <laughs> All right. John chapters 13 to 17. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 
a little history that you, and most of you may know it, but some of you may not know it, that these chapters were literally penned the day before Passover and the day coming up to Passover. It's the personal last instructions of the master to his disciples and to the body. I have to see if I can get this other file open a minute. Just a minute, please. No. It couldn't be opened. Hmm. Okay. We'll do it. Let's go to John 13. In John chapter 13, let's look at verse 31, shall we, Josh? And I'm using the New King James. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. In John 13, let's go to verse 4. Verse 4, Joshi. Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Now, he wasn't saying that like a from a place of arrogance, just ignorance. He just felt like he wasn't worthy to have Jesus wash his feet. And Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Now, I want you to allow me to insert something here that's obvious but not written. If I, the word can't wash you. You have no part in me. We could read it that way, can't we? Everybody? That was a question. Amen? (laughs) Front and center. Thank you, Bill. So Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. You know, if you're going to go for the feed, do, do all me. <laughs> Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, yet not all of you. Amen. Now, in John 17, he prays a prayer and he's praying to the father and he says, Father, they are clean because of the words I spoke to them. They're not even born again yet, this bunch that he is posse, that he is apostles to be. But yet they were considered clean in the eyes of God because of the words that Jesus spoke to them and which washed them. Amen? Go to chapter 14. I'm sorry, in the same chapter, go to verse 31, Josh, if you would. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God 
is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment, I give not suggestion. This is not a suggestion from the word. Do you remember what? Let me just hold that place. Don't move. Remember last week? The word of the Lord came to Samuel to give to Saul. Heed, Saul, heed the voice of the Lord your God and do all that the Lord has spoken. Amen? Well, we have a better covenant in this side of Calvary. Amen? Say better covenant. But a new covenant is literally a little bit got a little extreme to it. It's actually renewed covenant. There was the covenant God had with the Jews, but he had a renewed covenant in Christ. Amen. In the actual work of Christ on earth and what he was going to leave behind for us. So he says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love for one another. You know, I can tell my wife I love her. But if I don't spend time in her presence, spend time with her. (laughs) Without, (laughs) yeah. Without kids. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, you know, intimacy, eros, the sexual in- intimacy in marriage is actually not the, it's not the meat of a, of a relationship. It's the spirit, spirit to spirit. It's communication, Right. It's will, intellect, and emotion, the bond of the eternal parts of each other. But if I don't spend time with her and engaging with her, talking about the Lord and talking about his plan for us and what we can do for others, amen? What can we do for the church? Praying. uh, Praying, doing spiritual things together. Praying with one another. Start there. Say amen. I can tell the Lord I love him. I can tell people I'm a Christian. But God raises the bar on our, from from religion to relationship. And he's saying something here. By this shall all men know you're my disciples. And he's saying it to you and I today. This is only part. This is the warm up. And there's a challenge here. Because to love one another means that has to be visible. That has to be exercised. Now, I can call. You know, you can call somebody in the body. Everybody wants the past. You know, they love it when pastors call or whatever else. And that's good. 
Well, call one another, too, not to complain about things and share all the problems. I mean, it's okay to communicate that. If you need prayer, you should have a prayer, prayer buddy. Amen? And if you really need prayer, it's okay to call. You know, oh, pastors, you know, you're too busy. We're busy folk, but bless God, you know, we're like, hey, God's grace is amazing. If you have a need, we have a need. See, that's the reality of the body of Christ. When one hurts, we all hurt. That's supernatural. But it's remember this. Remember the story of the literal reality of the substance in our bodies that connects every cell to the next is laminin. And laminin, that material in our body physically, is in the shape of a cross. How cool is that? This material that God put and created in the human anatomy, laminin, is in the shape of a cross, and it connects every cell to the next. And that's why there are warnings in Scripture, Proverbs 18.1. A person who isolates themselves seeks their own desire, which is now idolatry, and wage against all wise judgment. In him, we live and move and have our being. In him, I live and move and have my being. Well, you know, when we get to that place, that's exactly what happened with Satan. I will exalt myself above the stars. Come on. There's no I in team, but somebody said there is in me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Say there's no I in team. Amen. So he said, by this all men will know you're my disciples. Now, let's go down to chapter 14 as we flow here. Verse 16 of chapter 14, Josh. Chapter 14, verse 16. And these are the words of Jesus. And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper, capital H, that he may abide with you forever. Say abide. A key word today is abide. Verse 17, he says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you orphans. I'll come to you. Amen. A little while longer, verse 19, and the world will see me no more, but you'll see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. He who keeps my commandments, all of them. All the commandments. Amen. Do you think that he said, 
He who keeps the commandments that you choose. <laughs> See, God didn't come here to just tickle our ears. He doesn't want messages just to tickle our ears and make us feel good. He wants us to have truth so that we can really have faith to live the life that we're called to live. Amen? Not a maintenance mode, an aggressive mode, a mode that takes the kingdom forth on a daily basis. The love of God. Amen? Well, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest, reveal myself to him. Now, this is a good place to take a little Selah that you find in the Psalms. It means pause, break, ponder. He who hears my words and keeps my commandments, it is he I will manifest myself to. He loves all. Oh, Lord, yeah. Listen, Moses, all of Israel were experiencing, they saw the cloud, they saw the pillar of fire, they experienced all these different things. They pitch a tent. There's a tent of meeting where Moses, when Moses entered that tent of meeting, a literal cloud would come down and stand at the door of the tent, and God would communicate with Moses face to face. And the people were too afraid. When he went on the mount, they came to the foot of the mountain. No one wanted to go up where Moses was going. But Moses went up. The Bible says this, the children of Israel know the acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. You and I can't be satisfied with just knowing or seeing different things that God does. That's not the design for 2019. 2019, there is a threshold that you and I must choose. We have a choice, but choose to cross to have a, a richer, deeper, intimate relationship with our Lord. You want to win in 2019. Last, we, we asked the question a couple weeks back, who in here faced challenges, some Really great challenges in 2018, and almost every hand went up. And the word of the Lord through Carol, Pastor Carol, prophet, the prophet's office in her vessel, was 2019, the challenges are going to continue and get greater. But greater is he, amen, that's in us than he that's in the world. I need God to manifest himself to me every day. See, that's possible for you and I. It's possible for you and I to have that communion with the Lord on a daily basis. And honestly, in, don't, um, don't just respond with the question I'm going to ask you to do, you know, to just be seen or, you know, who, who in the praise and worship service today felt the presence of sense, the felt sense, whatever word you like, you sense the presence of God. Let me see your hands if you did. That's available for you and I all the time. 
Amen? But what helped us get to the place to experience it? Praise. Worship. Face-to-face. Intimacy. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus, or Judas, not Iscariot, not the traitor, Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice. But I don't know if I'm going to obey that part of the word. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. I don't believe the word of the prophets, and I will not prosper. No, that doesn't sound right. Believe your prophets, and I shall prosper. Believe in the Lord my God, and I'll be established. Second Chronicles 2020 vision. I love you, Lord, but I only keep that which I choose. But I can't understand why I'm not feeling you every day. Now, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Because you are awesome, Daddy. Jesus, you're awesome. Holy Spirit, you're awesome. And I can't do this without you. Some people say God's a crutch. Well, if he's a crutch, I want the biggest crutch he got. Yeah, well, a lot of times we're trying to defend it. He's more than a crutch, you goober head. Yeah, you just mean to be honest with people. He's more than, he's not a crutch. He's my life. He is life to the fullest. Amen. So he said, again, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him, and we, we will come to him and make our home with him. Okay, Brian. Amen? We, the father and I, will make our home with them. Which ones? Who's he going to do that with? The ones who do what? Keep. Say keep his word. With that in mind, I believe in here, everybody in here sincerely loves the Lord. But there's something under fire. You know, Jesus reminded Peter or told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan, not one of his little demons, private demons or sergeant demons, Satan himself desires to sift you like wheat. Now, I don't, I, you understand sifting like wheat. That, that's not a pleasant process. Amen? But I have interceded for you. How's the devil trying to sift you and I like wheat? Is he? Does he have an intent to sift you and I like wheat? The greatest enemy, 
And I was thinking about this this week, and I heard it said this way before. Who's the greatest enemy in life for you? Anybody. Who's the greatest enemy? Bill? Anybody else? Don't be afraid. Who's the greatest enemy that you face? You get a lot of different responses. But I heard it, uh, Lisa, Bill, ourselves could be our greatest enemy. Self is the greatest enemy you and I face. The devil's been defeated. The devil can only have ground in our life if we give it to him. And he'll test, I mean, we'll get tempted by different things. He's going to try to find out where our weaknesses are. Satan understands that the weaknesses we had before we got saved, that they have to be dealt with on the other side of salvation. So he's going to try to capitalize on our weaknesses. Now, listen, I don't know about you. I was not in the word of God before I got saved. So I didn't have the habit of being in the word. Amen. When I got saved, a desire came for the word. But it was difficult reading the King James. You thou theest them the both of the both of the of And was like, my God, do I have to talk like this? You know, any, am I talking to the right crowd here? Thank God for the new King James <laughs> and other versions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> King James only. <laughs> Hallelujah. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me, verse 24, Josh, keep, leave it up. Don't take it down until I tell you, bud. Verse 24. Let's look at this together. He who does not love me does not keep my words. So you and I are either honest with God or lying to him when we say, I love you, Lord. Well, boy, I'm glad I came today. <laughs> he who does not love me does not keep my words. In order to keep God's words, we have to know what his words are. So the devil desires that you and I do not get in the word of God to get understanding, to get knowledge, to get revelation. He's not even, I mean, he, first of all, he doesn't want you and I in the book. Secondly, he doesn't want you and I to begin to have knowledge and, and memorizing begin to speak and decree the word of God. But then the thing that he fears the most is that you and I come into that place of revelation knowledge. Because Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. Not on Peter, on revelation knowledge. Amen. In the scripture, in the, arm, the armor of God, 
in Ephesians chapter 6, and it says, And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen? Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Ow. Man, that thing hurts. Hallelujah. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The thing that you and I can fight with, fight the enemy with. Come on. What word is he talking about? There's two words in the Greek, logos and rhema. Logos is the written word. But here in Ephesians 6, he's saying, take the rhema of God. That which has been revealed to you is the ability to take authority over the enemy and defeat him. Not just quoting the Bible without revelation. Now, listen, the devil gets upset about it. He don't want you to quote the word of God. But what's the reason for meditation? Because that digesting the word of God, believing it, chewing it over. And the, the example from in the Midwest was, and Brother Hagin used to say it, it's like a cow chewing the cud. You ever see a cow doing that stuff? Take them forever to eat a mouthful of grass. Amen. But that's the picture. Chewing on that word. And digesting it. Studying it. A lot of times people are more concerned about reading a chapter or a book. And they're and in one verse, one word in a verse can be contained. The rhema you need to have a victory in your life. It's not just about the knowledge of the Bible. It's revelation of the word of God. And listen, that's why many of us continue to get our butts kicked. And I commend you to take your stand. Do what the Bible says. Stand there for. Amen. Speak the word of God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because revelation's coming. Hallelujah. How's it come? Through intimacy. Well, pastor, you referred to Peter. Peter really didn't have an intimate relationship with God the Father. Yes, he did through the word. Who are you? Who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus, <laughs> glory to flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Simon Barjona, but my Father who's in heaven has revealed this to you. And upon this rock I'll build my church. See, it's not enough to attend a church where the words only where it's preached and taught. In the measure, Jesus said in Mark chapter four, in the measure you use what you hear. It'll be measured to you. No using, no measure. No using, no acting, applying the, our love and faith. Listen, why do we go? Why do we? Why do we love him? I mean, why do we love him? Why do we obey him? Sometimes it's a real fine line between works and relationship. It seems like it's a real tight thing there. 
I'm sick of hearing in this house, you know, we need people of prayer. The whole church should be at prayer. Oh, God, here they go again. Don't they know what I have on my plate? I think God does. Did you ever ask God if he wanted you there? His word says that we should gather together. (laughs) But God doesn't. God will understand. God will understand. He knows how hard I have to work and the mental drain I have on my job or the mental drain I have taking care of the kids all day. Dear God, God gave me these kids. He knows the load. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Our excuses don't hold up when it comes to obeying the word. You and I have to make choices this year. Challenges are coming, guys. You're going to face challenges this year, and some greater than you did this past year. Will you come through it beat up, or are you going to get victory in it and come through it in triumph? That's your choice. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And listen, it's not always tiptoeing through the tulips. It's not always easy. Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm corrected. He said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Whoops. little correction there. Go ahead, honey. No, I was just (laughs) bumping for it. You know what? When you were sharing that, the Lord just spoke to me. And he said this, he said, some of the challenges, I might be challenging you. Not all is going to be like demonic or things of the world. The Lord said he might be sending some challenges our way. And I just thought, wow, Lord. And then immediately. It's biblical. Here's a challenge. The biggest challenge for the church is this. If you want to follow me, you pick up your cross If you want to be my disciple, you pick up your cross. That was a challenge that Jesus put out there for every single one of us to follow him. And truly, these signs will follow those that know him, those that follow him, those that are his disciples. See, I I wonder sometimes if we are not seeing um, the, the lame walk the dead raised, um, demons cast people out, healed. people be speaking in new tongues and being baptized in the Holy Ghost, being healed, being delivered. I wonder if it's because we haven't picked up our cross. Our cross is a symbol of denying ourselves. And it's also a command. Self, it's a command of Jesus. It is Pick a command. up your cross and follow me daily it's a it's a daily thing so i think you know the ways of the world has come so much into the church that we've made all these excuses for it and i just want to remind you what did fox news say that you just heard because we've been talking about this there's too many opinions in the church in society people people live People live in a realm of opinions. Yeah. I have my opinion, my right. It's what I feel. It's what I, 
and it's totally coming against what God's word says all the time. Listen, this is fresh news for you if you haven't heard it. What Pastor Carol's saying and what I'm going to say. This is what was said on Fox News. They said, our country used to be a country of principle. But now it's a country of opinions. That has crept into the church. We have our opinions. Our opinions can either, you know, they're real, but we need to, you know, Joyce Myers said something. She said, I can't trust my mind. Joyce Myers, the Joyce Myers, the teacher. I can't trust my mind because the Bible says my mind needs to be renewed daily. I can have feelings and thoughts, but I have to check the word to see if they're in line with the word of God, the heart of God. The word is the heart of God. Amen? Thank you, honey, for sharing that. We'll get to the cross later. But right now, amen? You with me all? He says this, but the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. Are we there? Oh, we're still in verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And look at this. And the word which you hear is not mine, this is Jesus speaking, but the Father who sent me. So our, or let me put it this way, the heavenly Father gave Jesus a message to give to those who wanted to be part of his family. Heavenly Father, sitting on the throne of God in heaven, gave his son a mandate and a message to communicate with humanity. If you love me, you keep my words. If you do not love me, or actually, you can say you love me, but if you don't keep my words, you're lying. And you're deceived. This is a great message for the New Year's, isn't it? Hallelujah. See, if you say you love him, and you don't keep his word, or I do. I don't, I don't mean you like it on your face. But just be honest, it's just the truth. If I say I love you, Lord, and I don't keep his word, I am a liar. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Well, the Bible says liars don't enter the kingdom. Forget all the rest of them. How about the liar the Bible talks about? The liar shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Makes me want to rethink how I live and how I act. You know what's worse than being deceived? Deceiving yourself. Because when you begin to allow deception or de- to deceive yourself, to make your circumstance right in your eyes. You're flirting with Romans chapter 1 where God says, I'm going to turn you over to a reprobate mind and allow you to eat the fruit of what you choose. See, whoa, but that's not the, that's not the God of love I want. No, I don't want that God. That's God. I'm so glad to be a part of this house. 
well, pastor, that's not real edifying. Yeah, it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to get turned over to a reprobate mind. I don't want to believe a lie to where I become a Christian pathological liar. Believing the truth. Believing the lie to be a truth so that I can be comfortable in my life. That's what a pathological liar is. It's a person that has the ability to believe a lie so much that they choose to believe it is the truth and they live their life in accordance with it. And the Bible says liars will not enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to hate lying. And we need to be honest between ourselves. I'll tell you what, the altars are going to open up again for a time for people to come up and say, God, cleanse me. Forgive me. I know that you, I, 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 I've been messed up in my theology, my thinking. I need your truth to guide me. I need the, the love of God to be taught to me. I need the love of God to be preached at me. Because I cannot be content being a lukewarm Christian and vomited out of your mouth. Well, glory to God, there's some good preaching. If your neighbor's house was on fire, would you just stand there and watch? On the news yesterday, they said a man, I don't know if it was a fireman or whatever, there was a fire in North Philadelphia, and a man ran in to rescue the children and died. He risked his life to save a life. Last week and this and th- these messages, last week's message, I want to tell you, we need, and that's got to get online, guys. I need that up there because I need to hear it because that was not planned. And I need to hear this again, too. Liars will not inherit the kingdom. Please, Josh, don't take the word down that I put up there until I tell you. Jesus answered, said, if anyone loves me, no, that's not the one. 24, Joshi. He who does not love me does not keep my words. You want to make it through 2019 with greater triumph? Keep his word. You have to make a choice and a decision. It's optional. I want to say it this way. We have a choice, but in reality, we don't have an option. The option is death or life. Come on. That's the option. In life, that's the choice, death or life. So you and I have the free will, and God loves all humanity so much. He says, hey, you have the free will to choose death. The wage of sin is what? What is sin? Missing the mark. I want to say this. It's a sin. You sin against yourself. When you're not in the word. How about that? I, Ray Shannon, sin against myself when I'm not in the word. Because I'm positioning myself by default to suffer in some way, shape, or form possibly. Well, I was in the word yesterday and I've been in the word for two years, but today I don't feel like getting it. Do you know Oral Roberts? Say Oral Roberts. He was out of the word. I thought it was two. 
three years. This amazing, godly leader hit a point in his life. Yeah, a consistent three years. He had been so damaged. Now, I believe it's when one of his children, his oldest son, Ron, had committed suicide. And the trauma of what happened when all the things and how God was using them and everything else. Hey, do you pray for God's leaders? You don't think they need prayer? The Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep scatter. It's even in the military. You don't salute an officer in the field. Because then the enemy's going to target them to take them out. Because then the, the troops won't know what to do. Well, hallelujah. This is a good message. Verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But look at this. But the helper. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. The Father will send. The Father will send in my name. He, Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. All things. Not something. He'll teach you all things. He's ready, willing, and able. He is ready, the Holy Ghost is ready, willing, and able to teach you and I all things concerning any issue in love, in life. Any issue that you and I face, any challenge, any circumstance, any, any, any advancement to, to advance ourselves. Hallelujah. It's not always defensive. We're called to be an offensive organism. You know, white blood cells are put in our body to fight sickness, disease, and any kind of infection. That's a picture of the church. Go get them, man. Hallelujah. Eat them bad things up. Kill them. Glory to God. Amen. That's a picture of the church. He's got it in the human body. Infection comes in. Something comes in to harm the body. Man, them white blood cells go on it like white on rice. It's in the human body. See, you and I have to have that kind of tenacity. That we're on call 24-7. We're the army of God. We're the bride of Christ, but we're the army of God. And you know what? When you get that, uh, that resolve, you, you guys, it just don't, there's no magic wand here. Oh, I just bestow upon you the, the consciousness and the revelation that you are the bride of Christ and you are the army of God. Now you have it. Now you have to get it. In the gold rush in California... They panned for gold in streams and creeks because gold would be available. They would find the gold nuggets, and it was value. It had value, but people got content with just the gold nuggets. The gold nuggets revealed something much greater than those little valuables to help you live life on a daily basis. They revealed that there was a vein of gold that would take you over to the top and bless your, your family for generations. Bless cities, bless God. Bless the world with that golden increase. This is your treasure. 
Ha <laughs> Proverbs says, wisdom is far better than gold. Knowledge better than silver. Understanding, rather. Better than silver. Hallelujah. What are we ascribing towards? What are you and I fighting for? What's the devil want to keep you doing? Begging. And we beg because we're ignorant of what the scripture says, or we're just rebellious and stubborn to do what the word of God says. And I feel the anointing today. We need this kind of preaching. We need this kind of honesty. Hallelujah. Maybe this don't, yeah, listen, this will equip you whether you, you know, you're getting corrected by it. Some of you are getting corrected by it today. Praise God. Love it. Some of you are being rebuked by it. Love it. Some of you are just being uh, trained in righteousness with this message. Love it. Some of you are being taught for doctrine. Love it. It can be one of the four that Timothy was taught to Timothy, or it can be all of the above. With this word, this knowledge, this, this preaching can have a, a fourfold effect in our life. I'm getting cut. In a good way, I'm just, man, the word's cutting me, hallelujah. And I'm thinking, man, Ray, come on. Don't compromise any longer. Get back in that saddle, turkey. I'm talking to me. Get back into your place. Get back in your office. Get back in your position in God. Without apology. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am an inheritor of the promise to Abraham. I have the anointing, and I am anointed as Christ was. Similarly, he said, amen, if we're in him and he's on us, the spirit of the Lord's upon me, Isaiah 61. For the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I got news for you today. You could be poor in here today. You could be poor with the understanding or comprehension of what is being preached. God's anointed me today to preach these. And last week, I'm telling you what, those messages need to be meditated on and not just not despised. If you have a problem with that message last week or today, you better go to God. I love you. I'm serious in a heartbeat. I'm going to go listen to those messages because you know what? There's fire burning in my bones right now. Hallelujah. And I would rather preach what God wants and preach and share his heart. This is the Father's heart, beloved. Come on, church. I want you to be triumphant in 2019. Yes, my prophets have spoken. You're going to have greater challenges, but you can have greater victories if you have an intimate relationship with me and if you keep my word and you obey it. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, my neck is burning up. Jesus. 
I feel the fire of God, guys. I'm just being honest. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. Glory to God. And bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. Hallelujah. What's God's voice sound like? What does God's voice really sound like? Number one, his voice sounds like your voice. Oh, God, if you only speak to me, he's speaking all the time. He is. Well, how do you, what do you mean, Pastor? How do, how do I, what are, you, what are you saying? Proverbs says, the spirit of man, male and female, is the candle of the Lord, the place of illumination. Searching the inner parts of the belly. Even Roman Catholics had a little bit of a handle on this. The pictures of the saints used to have this picture of a white oval around the belly. And I used to look at that and think, what in the world is that? But connect it with the Bible, and they are trying to portray something. Yes, they gave them halos and all this other stuff. But I'm talking about that thing in the middle of their belly, that oval of white was trying to, they're trying to communicate something like this is where the spirit is. Hallelujah. Searching the innermost parts of your being. That's where revelation comes. I forget why I even went over there. I'll bring to remembrance the things I said to you. I forget why I was going there. Lord. Whew. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, the voice of the Lord. Thank you, honey. Thank you, Carrie. I didn't hear. Sounds like your voice, but down here. His voice, it, it's like you think you have a thought, but it's not up here. It's here. And people have capitalized on that and tried to, they use this, and Brother Hagin told it this way, that our conscience is the voice of our spirit. Conscience has a voice. And that spirit where the Holy Ghost comes in and makes residence, his voice comes up. And it sounds, could be, sound, could say, you, know, you may think you're thinking it, but it's not up here. Get, am I making any sense to you? You know how your thoughts are just, they're up here. But all of a sudden this, mm, kind of, I'd say it this way, kind of like floats up. It's like the real up. Coming up, it's like, huh. You give attention to that. Amen. I want to say this to you, too. In the church, God's voice can come. Let's, let's clarify it for divine order. What did 19 mean? The number 19, 2020 means expectancy. 19 means divine order in judgment. God speaks to you, and he's speaking to you today from the pulpit here and from the platform. 
It's God's voice through human agency. It's a holy God through frail vessels. Well, glory. A holy God speaking through frail vessels via the anointing. <laughs> Why should I believe anything you have to say? Why should I believe anything any of you have to say? Yesterday at the men's meeting, some of the men were given testimonies of, the, of, the, of God's intervention in their life. Why should I believe any of it? Empty words, idle words. No, life. God was in their testimonies. God was in their life. You could feel God's presence even when they weren't born again. God was there. Hallelujah. Why? Because he had a plan. <laughs> Hallelujah. I heard God's voice. Nick, and the, you're a living miracle, dude. You're a miracle. I mean, we all have miraculous stories of deliverance. But yesterday, this dude should have been iced a couple times, probably more than that. I heard God's voice yesterday, guys, in the testimony of one of his saints, godly ones. God was coming out. I'm like, cool, how awesome is this? I heard it before, but you know what? I heard it again. How does faith come? The word and the inspiration out of God, the hearts of God's people. His life is in every one of you. And Carol, Carol was talking about it, and we were talking about it like, what about 2019? Are we just assuming President Trump's going to be in there for an extra four years? There's a window of grace, and we're two years into the window. There's two years left that we're assured of, and it's going to be ugly in the political arena. But you and I, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to still share what we believe. We have the ability to say Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. But we have souls to reach. These chairs should be being filled because sheep beget sheep. Sheep beget sheep. Shepherds don't have sheep. They have people. You sheep need to bear sheep. Um, does that mean I'm going to have to share my faith? Go get them. Share the love of God. You and I have revelation. Well, we have information that needs to be cracked open and become revelation. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by his spirit. <sighs> Praise God. Oh, my gosh, it's time to wrap it down. Well, I didn't get to my message. (laughs) 
Well, let, let's just quickly, and I'll just take a couple minutes, guys. Drop down to chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 1, Josh. And flow with me, buddy. I'm just going to read through for a few verses. I am the true vine. That's what Jesus said. I am, I love that, those two words. I am that I am. What did he say? Mo, Moses asked him, God, the fiery, at the fiery bush, the burning bush, who should I tell them has sent me? I am that I am. Tell them I am has sent you. Glory to God. <laughs> Jesus opens up, I am that I am, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch, read the book, every branch in me. Wow, say it backwards. Wow. Every branch in me. Who's the branch? I am the vine. You people who receive me are the branches. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, here's the good news. I choose to be a fruitful branch. Hallelujah. How about you? Why don't you confess that over yourself? I choose to be a fruitful branch. Well, you, you didn't convince me. I preach, preach it. I choose to be a fruitful branch. There you go. Put a little meat in it. Whew. You are already clean. Oh, I'm sorry. He prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Next verse, Joshi. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Titus 3.5 says that the washing of regeneration is the, the washing of the word of God. Guys, you're being clean today through this message. If you receive it, there's the condition. Lord, I thank you for this. You know, really, this is kind of like, this is the best way for you to help you receive what's being preached or taught. But if you believe the anointing is here and God's speaking, say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for teaching and instructing me in the way I should go. Psalm 32, 8 says, God says this in Psalm 32, 8. I will teach you. And instruct you in the way to go. I will guide you with my eye. What a promise. I said, what a promise. God says, I will teach you and instruct you in the way you're to go. Now, listen, that's on a daily basis. I'll guide you with my eye. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm done. Can I share from the <laughs> I could preach for another hour, guys. <laughs> I, I, I could.
could preach 24 <laughs> yeah. and then take a little break and then get up and preach <laughs> We do a Paul deal. Somebody sit in the window and fall out when you go to sleep and we'll raise you. We'll just bed. raise you back up again. <laughs> it's not that big of a fall, though. You know, might have to pray for a bruise. Wait, can I, can I share? I want to just put up here. Hey, guys, are you ready for a psalm? Yeah. Hallelujah. No, we don't want any more word today. This is awesome. It's been awesome. What does 20 mean? Expectancy. Expectancy. Hallelujah. And what's 19 mean, guys? Divine order and judgment. Divine order and judgment. In judgment. No, it didn't say in judgment. It was divine order slash judgment. Uh, Let me say it. Oh, you of little faith. All right, let me say it. 19. Oh, it does say that. Well, that's what that's okay. That's what that says. But that finds a husband finds a good thing. <laughs> that's even more clear to me. That's even more a. Uh oh. We're in Ruh-oh, trouble now. <laughs> 2019. Yeah. So expectancy. What do we have an expectancy as a church or you as an individual? I'm having an expectancy to see the church come alive. I'm having an expectancy to see the glory of God intensify. I'm having an expectancy to receive more revelation in my own life so that I can impart what I'm receiving. Revelation. Revelation is something that becomes a part of me. And out of it springs forth the rivers of life. And I'm expecting that that revelation is going to touch other people that I'm around. And it's going to help deliver, set them free. People get born again. Get miracles, healings, all that. All the good things that Jesus gave to us. And he said, now go do it. Go do it. So I'm having an expectancy of doing. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I could shout for joy on that one. Hallelujah. So what is your expectancy, guys? But in it, we have to have, what is it? Divine, I say divine Divine order order in judgment. Divine order. Let's talk about divine order a little bit. Who are you having hanging out at your house with you? Who are you hanging out with? Who are you hanging out with? I like to hang out with the Holy Ghost. Amen? But I'll tell you something. I'm not going to hang out with. I will invite them. I will have them over. And I will give them the word of God that sets them free. But they're not people that I buddy-buddy with all the time. Okay? People that are doing drugs. People that are fornicating. People that are doing all these things. You know, that's not the people that I am just like, you know, um, having fellowship, breaking bread, all that stuff. They're not my best friends, okay? You know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying that we shouldn't be around them. We should. But for us to be successful in it and to get the job done, there has to be divine alignment in our lives, divine order in our lives. In other words, God wants to put the searchlight on every single one of us, every single one of us, and say, get rid of that now. I've been after you for some years about this thing. Get it out of your life because judgment is coming. It's like Jimmy Evans said, people are saying, God, I'm waiting for you. And he's saying, I'm waiting for you. That's Jimmy Evans said that, you know, the church is waiting for God to just go splash in the church and have this mighty move of God. You know what? I'll tell you something. There is no big splash by God. God's saying, I've already splashed you in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? What are you doing with what I've given to you? 
What are you doing with that holy word that I've, I've, I've been pouring into you? What are you doing with it? Do you put value on my word? Do you put value on me? Do you put value that I've been waiting for you to set yourself apart every morning when you wake up? I want to hear you say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I put value on that, but I'm not hearing anything from my church. Just some whispers coming up. Oh, wow, there was one that was a little bit louder than that whisper. Oh, there's one over here. Can you imagine the sound of the whole body of Christ coming together in purity and holiness and saying, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for me today to do for you in in the world? Come on. This is what God is up to doing. You talk about that order. And God wants to bring order into our homes. He wants to bring order into our own personal lives. Houses are all messed up in the church. I remember Brother Hagin. We were told this. That Brother Hagin, if somebody was going to come on staff, he would make an, a, an un- Announced, thank you, that's what I'm looking for. An unannounced visit to whoever is going to be on their staff, and he would go and knock on their door and see if that house was in order. Not messed up with junk, not all slopped up. It was cared for. Things put in place the way they should be put in place. Order means this you're teaching your children. How to fold their clothes and neatly put things away. How to put things in place and not hoarding things. I know a great man of God who was anointed by the Holy Ghost and God gave him such prophetic things. But his wife was a hoarder. And when he got home, it brought confusion. And there was all kinds of stuff that he wore against in his mind because he couldn't live in that confusion. See, we can't hoard up things, church. Spiritually, we don't hoard up things. We give things out. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's a sickness. That's a sickness that the world would say. I say it's demonic. It's something spiritual. And we got it. God wants to clean up. How many are feeling, how many have been saying this? I'm going to clean my junk room out in your own home. I'm going to get some things in order. Have you been feeling that? Come on, be honest with me because I want you to see something. Being real, have you really been feeling that? Maybe this has been going on for a few years. And you don't know where to start. But you know who's behind this is the Holy Ghost. Because when you get that order, even in the physical, it's going to affect the spiritual. When you get it in the spiritual, it absolutely is going to affect the natural. Come on. Amen. Amen. Divine order. We're living in a place where we're still excusing a lot of things that we're doing. Or not doing. Or not doing. Spiritually. You know. You know if you're living in sin or not. Come on, and if you don't know, dear God, come up and see us because we'll pray for you so you don't go over into that mindset. And this is for the whole church. Whether you're walking in that pureness and holiness, I embrace these kind of messages, Val. I do. 
I love to hear the unadulterated preaching of the word of God because it keeps me lined up. And I don't have room to make an excuse or have my opinion. Husbands beating their wives. Husbands abusing them with emotional and and verbal abuse. Shame on you. Get it out of your life now. If you're not praising your wife, if you're not serving her and helping her and helping her to get her job done in the house, come on. You hear what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Come on, this is the stuff God is saying. He has pointed these things out to me over and over and over and over again. I just talked to my husband. I said, hon, I I said, I have to talk to you about me. This is last week. I said, I got to tell you about me. Because in this prophet's office, I carry these things. What's going on in the church? It's not fun. It's weighty. It's very weighty, but I can feel the condition of the church. And so when the message comes out and I want to go up there and go, yay, let's all have fun today. And what comes out is this pow message, change, you know, repent. And I walk out of here like, oh God, I just want to get up and I just want to have a happy message up there. And it's like Jeremiah, but it's like fire shut up in my bones on the inside of me because God wants to clean up the church and it's only going to come through the preaching and the message that's being preached behind the pulpits. Amen. 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 And God's saying, wake up everybody because I want to get your attention. Why? Why does he want to get our attention? Yes, Lisa, where? He wants to manifest himself outside to the unbeliever. Amen. And if you're a believer that's living in sin and living that lifestyle, and if you can't draw the line in your life, then I'm telling you, you need to repent. Come on. And you might need to get rid of some things and some people in your life. Okay, because you've been working pretty hard and praying pretty hard for them too. That's not but getting you know rid of but family members, guys. You've been living a lifestyle guys. that you are compromising, and you can't compromise the lifestyle. Because what you're saying, your testimony of your lifestyle, is saying that this isn't important to God, and it's not having an effect on the unbeliever. And I'm telling you, we have to have an effect on the unbeliever. Amen. You're doing drugs. And you know better, and you're out there with the unbeliever, guess who you're not having an effect on? If you're in pornography, and you're on the channel and chatting with other people, and all, guess who you're not having an effect on? This is in the church. I'm not saying it just here, okay? This is for everywhere. Stuff that's going on all over, and I just go, God, Okay. What is 20 again? Expectancy. What are you expecting? I'm not expecting. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. God says, okay, judgment can come. And we're going to start seeing the judgments of God, okay? But I have such an expectancy. Not just that. My expectancy, oh, bring those judgments on God. Bring them on. No, that's not my expectancy. My expectancy is for divine alignment. Amen? Amen? In my life, in the church, 
here at Good News. I look at the rooms back there. I went back there. I purposely don't go back there. You know why? Because I could sense inside. It's out inside, inside of me. It's not in order back there. It's not in order back there. And then when we had some leaks in the building here, I went back there and I went, oh, dear Jesus. The rooms are getting junked up. And I went, not here. Not here. Come on. We're getting rid of the junk in that room. The junk in the kitchen. No more junk, everybody. No more junk in the children's area. No more. House is getting cleaned up. Hallelujah. This house is getting cleaned up. Glory. See, my house is getting cleaned up. Our attic is getting cleaned up. You Hallelujah. Attic. We don't have a basement. We got an attic, but we got to bring everything down out of that attic and get rid of it. We've been cleaning up our rooms. We've been cleaning up our closets. We're putting things in order. We're getting things in order in our house, getting things in order in this house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you know what it feels? It feels good. When it we does. go home, there's no clutter. There's no this. There's no that. We've taught our kids when they grew up, we taught them how to clean, how to iron. Listen, guys, teach your children how to iron. That's not just your wife's job. If you're sitting back and just snapping your fingers, that was a good time for you to say amen. Husbands, if you're not helping your wives run the sweeper, shame on you. Get that sweeper out and start learning how to use it. Yeah, you won't get leprosy. Amen. Ah, no, you're, in this, you're in this together. It took two to create the children. <laughs> two to clean it up, too. Yeah, that's right, Lisa. High five on that one. I like that. Two to clean it up, too. The wife makes the meal, and the husband just sits back. And then they go off, and they start gaming. Ooh, got really quiet. They start gaming. I'm telling you about divine order that God's bringing in. We're on our electronics. We don't have time to communicate. You know how I'm going to learn how to communicate with you? I'm going to give you a phone. And I'm going to just text you. And you know what, Val? Your your conversation, my conversation is going to be real short on that in that phone. And you know what? I get texts from people, and I'm like, Lord, what are they trying to say? What's behind those words? What are they really saying? There's something about, I don't text God. (laughs) I communicate with him spirit to spirit. Come on. And this thing that has come in, this technology that has come in, that has shorted the, the conversations with people, that's why we don't fellowship together. Number one, our house is out of order. So we're ashamed if people come over. You hear what I'm saying? Number two, we don't know how to communicate. We're afraid we don't have anything to say because there's nothing that's, a, that's electrifying, that's taken place in our lives concerning God and his word and testimonies and all that. We have nothing. Come on. Fellowship is really not that important because my life is so busy. Come on. I opened Genesis chapter 1 today, and it said, in the beginning, God. God, hon. What do you have to say? In the beginning, God. 
And then, and then, you know, I just think of, I, I just think, you know, so what do we do? I even know this. This is the craziest thing I Fair have words. seen. I've watched husbands and wives sit in the same room and they're texting each other. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? Your breath isn't too Has appealing. Has it gotten to that place? <laughs> Listen, intercession is a lost art. It is. I remember Brother Hagen writing a book on the art of intercession. Spoke to me when I was a babe in the Lord. It's a lost art. The losing of communication is it's lost church. Well, we can redig it. And like you redig places, a well. There's places in God where I get to and I say, God, I don't know how to talk to you about this. Did you ever get to a place where you feel like you can't converse with God? I don't know. I don't have the words. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. What I really want to say, the mood of what's inside of me can come out in tongues. And I'm conversing with the Holy Ghost. And then all of a sudden I'm flooded in his presence. And when I'm flooded in his presence, oh my gosh, the answer comes or there's a conversation. And then I'm conversing to him about things that are so deep that you can't put it into the natural words. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's for available for every Christian. Every Christian. These Holy Ghost forms that are coming up. They're going we to be dynamite. We should have this place packed. Who's packing it? You guys. You guys. Yeah, I'm putting it on you guys because it should be you guys. You know why? Because this is so vitally important. Amen. Another something that's being lost in the church, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, tongues, speaking in tongues, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, moving in the spirit, moving in the things of the spirit. Some have things that you've held on to deep down inside of you, but there's been a lid put on you. Either somebody put that lid on you and it's keeping it on you or situations or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, God wants to take the lid off so the well can come forth. Amen. 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 And guess what? If it's the Holy Ghost well, there's a river that's going to flow. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a source for the well. Yeah, just start to siphon it, and man, off it goes. Do you see it? Judgment. Yeah, God will bring his judgments, but it will not come near me. Hallelujah. Because you know what? My life is coming into divine alignment. Divine order. Glory to God. How about you? Am I still on? Listen, in God's mind and in his plan, the church is the vehicle for making judgments. It should be. And that doesn't mean for, for harm. You and I have been given, when you are a ruler, you have the responsibility to make judgments concerning life. Solomon was a picture. Kings are, in, are pictures of that. Are you with me? We're a kingdom of priests and kings unto God. That's part of a package. And that's why we need the fear of the Lord. We need the knowledge of the word, the fear of God, and the guidance of the Holy Ghost to make judgments in life. Do you want your future to be brighter? You have to make a judgment in what you've been doing and what you need to do. 
divine order in judgments. Judgments aren't just the, the catastrophes. Judgments are of blessing. You can make judgments for blessing, for pr prosperity in every area of your life this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm all about that. I'm going to see this house so flooded with, with blessing, spirit, soul, mind, and body, financially. I want to see you blessed. Hallelujah. But I also want to see us have us have the wisdom to handle it. Amen. Who kashata. There's so much. There's so much. There's just so much. Here's the other. We're going to let you go. No, just one. Here's the one, one other thing. Well, God is speaking. Do you hear, do you hear about the, the, the divine order and all? God wants us to get our houses in order, everybody. Okay. Our natural homes and our spiritual homes. You know why? Because before you know it, we are on the very edge of God pouring out his spirit. But he's only going to pour his spirit through the ones who have order and aren't walking in sin, deliberate sin. Yeah. Okay? Amen. Deliberate. Deliberate sin. Say amen to me. Amen. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. We, God needs in every church people who are willing to give up their time and give up things and pick up their cross and start discipling those that come in. All those that are coming in are steeped into things, okay? Yeah. And they're going to need our attention, not just when they call, when they have a need. It's 24-7. We've done it. We've been there. 24-7. Discipling. Lay your life down Getting them grounded in the word. Amen. Not just leaving it to the pastors. No. Not at all. That's part it of the says, work of ministry. If you're a disciple, go and make disciples and make sure that your fruit remains. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, that's good Say preaching. Hallelujah. Please stand. Yeah. I, 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 Glory I, to God. Glory. Come on out, Gracie. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, I don't know. This is what church is all about. I don't know if I want to hear God's voice. Praise God. Um, I'll make it quick because I know everybody wants to go home. Um, on Are Friday, you feeling that pressure? You a little bit. <laughs> Did you okay. want to go home? No. I want to stay. I want to stay, but, but I, I, I know. don't know. Because well, anyway. In the room. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Well, anyway, on Friday, um, I was coming... I was walking up to my apartment building, and there was my neighbor walking up, and she's really having a hard time walking. And um, so I know her. I'm, she goes by the name of Gypsy. And um, so anyway, I was talking to her and um, asking her what happened. You know, why are you having so much trouble walking? And she said that two years ago, um, it's a miracle that she didn't die. She fell off a ladder, and she injured her back and her leg. And she's been in so much pain. So I, um, so I said, well, let's just go inside. And I was talking to her um, about the Lord because she had gone to church um, years ago. She's been to um, Gloucester County Community Church. Yeah, she's been there, and she got turned off by church. 
because all they were talking about was money. And, uh, and so anyway, I was talking to her just about my relationship with the Lord, and I was just sharing how there were certain areas of my life where I just made Jesus my Savior, but I didn't make him Lord of my life. And so I said, I said, I said to her, um, get alone with God. And, um, and, and I took her through, you know, I told her about the salvation prayer. I said, um, and I also said, but, you know, we need to, you need to repent. You need to repent. And so I was talking to her a lot about repentance. But then as we went into the building, um, I said, I want you I started praying for her physical needs, and I said, come. I laid hands on her and started praying for her spine. But then I said, we were approaching the steps, and I said, can you sit down for me? And we don't have, I don't have a chair, but can you please sit down for me? And so I said, I, want, I kneeled down with my injured knee, and I said, I want you to give me all your weight. I just put her hand, you know, her legs out. Give me all your weight. And I commanded the leg. Her leg was like a half inch shorter. Her right leg was like a half inch shorter than her left leg. I commanded to grow out in Jesus' name. I said, do you see that? Came right out. Hallelujah. And she, yeah, I, she said, you're right. I did have a leg shorter than the other one. I said, stand up, test it out, bend over. She said, I feel better. Hallelujah. I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, and I. It was just encouraging her, you know, to get right with God, you know. And I wasn't pointing the finger at her. I was just trying to, yeah. I stopped on the beach. I thought the guy was from Europe because he was wearing a bikini bathing suit. Speedo. Who was I with? You. Okay. And you kept walking. <laughs> and I thought, I got to talk to this guy. He was sitting all by himself. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, my husband's not here. But the Lord said, go and tell him that I love him. And I have forgiven him. Wow. And I went over to him. I said, excuse me, sir. I know you're all by yourself. And I said, I am born again. I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he lives inside of me. And I've been born of him now. And I said, and I have a relationship with him. And there's times he'll talk to me, say something to me, to tell, go up to somebody. Because they might not be able to hear his voice. So God wants to say this to you. And, I, and he's just sitting there, didn't say a word yet. And I said, oh, do you speak English? And you know what he said? He said, I guess you thought I was European because I'm wearing this bathing suit. Wow, did that say volumes to me? Hello? Yeah. And I said to him, I said, sir, that's not <laughs> why I came over to you. <laughs> I said, I came over because Jesus told me to tell you that he loves you. Hallelujah. And he has forgiven you. Jesus. And he filled wow. up with tears, and tears started coming down his face. And he said, I've been out of church for a long time. I said, I get it. I see it because of his lifestyle. And everything he started to get involved in, I said, Jesus said he loves you, and he has forgiven you. I said, get back with him. Get back with him again. 
I said, that's all I have to say. I said, sir, be blessed. Have a great day today. I went down, found Carrie. We came back. The guy was gone. He wasn't sitting there anymore. I think he went and got the right bathing suit on. <laughs> ah. Dennis McNulty shared a testimony with me. You guys got a couple minutes. I hope, Dan, share that thing about the guy and how, how the Lord directed that when you went over and your, your buddy uh, prayed for his daughter. Yeah, I came out of church one Sunday night, and I went to Burger King. Okay. I went to Burger King. I got my stuff and about 9 o'clock at night, and I sat down. As soon as I sat down, I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. I wasn't thinking anything. I, I wasn't planning anything. And all of a sudden, I heard myself crying out. Oh, my God, have mercy on me. Let me tell my childhood friend, Billy Mowry, who I haven't seen in 25 years, of your love, your mercy, your kindness, your forgiveness, the blood that cleanses us. And I, all of a sudden, I let out this loud groan. I felt the Holy Spirit lifted. I said, oh, man, what is this all about? (laughs) And I I said, man. Burger King. Now I got to open my eyes, and I know everybody in the whole place is going to be looking at me. (laughs) So. Yeah, this is inside Burger King. So I waited about 10 seconds. I said, well, I've got to do it. (laughs) And, And I did, and even the people behind the counter were stopped and just looking at me. So I quick and ate, and I left. And on the way home, I said, I can't even believe this. What could this be about? I went to sleep, got up the next morning, and went to work. I came about 11 o'clock, which I don't eat at 11 o'clock. I decided I was going to go eat. None of you decided I was going to go eat. I was going to go all the way back to that Burger King. So I went and got my stuff, sat down at the same table, the same seat, looked across the table, and at the other table, there was Bill Mowry looking back at me. The guy who had the yeah, and I, I got to talking to him, and he invited me over to his house. And, that, and uh, I went over there, and I took a friend. And we got there, and we started talking. He said, listen, you've got to be, be quiet. My daughter's in the other room. She's really been sick for about four or five days, and I don't want to upset her. And my friend said, do you mind if we pray for her? We won't bother her. We'll just say a short prayer. And all he said was, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you took the stripes for our sicknesses, our weaknesses. You, Thank you, Lord, for healing that little girl. And that was all he said. About 15 seconds later, a little girl came walking out and said, Dad, she didn't know she was prayed for. said, I just feel wonderful. <laughs> Can, can can I go out and play? Well, they examined her for about 10 minutes and said, well, go ahead out. You know, miracles are just a dinner bell for the word. You know, I get excited about the word, but the miracles are really a dinner bell for the word. Well, anyway, we invited him out to church that Sunday, and he came out, and our pastor preached a really great salvation message. I wanted to get saved again myself. And, uh, well, anyway, he got saved. And at the end of service, all he kept talking about was, why didn't somebody tell me about this Jesus 25 years ago? And then 
Monday came, one some Tuesday came, one one Wednesday came. Why didn't somebody tell me about this Jesus twenty five years ago? About twelve o'clock he dropped dead with a heart attack. See, God gives everybody the opportunity. It's what we do with it. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, God is God is faithful and God is good. Hallelujah. This is pretty cool. Amen. Lord, thank you for touching the woman with grace, for adjusting and bringing out her back in the mighty name of Jesus, her leg, Lord, making her whole, and for her salvation, we claim it in Jesus' name. Lord, for this man that Carol encountered at, in that circumstance, we claim his soul for the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. If he's not saved yet, he was saved. That's right. Lord, that he will return home. We call it, your word says you're married to the backslider. Draw him home. Lord, and thank you for the mercy that you demonstrated. And Lord, just as simple as Dennis is, just that simple obedience to go with the burden, to not be ashamed and to literally flow with you, to speak as you, as you inspire us. And Lord, that this man's in heaven for eternity. Hallelujah. And uh, Dennis just had a procedure. Is it okay? He had two stents put in on Thursday, and he's doing well. But, uh, Lord, we yes. thank you for your power, for the thank anointing. You, Father. Father, I want to bless Go ahead. Him, Father, with long life. And, Father, that you would give him long life and strength, Lord God, because you're not finished. But you need to use thank this you, man, Father, because of the giftings that you have placed inside you, of him. And, Father, that lid is coming off those giftings, mm, yes. Lord God. And, Father, what you spoke and showed me, the miraculous, the healings, the things, Lord God. But, Father, even sharing Jesus Christ, the greatest miracle of all. Father, I ask you for a fresh anointing upon his life and the fire of God upon his life. I thank you for the fire that's going through his heart and strengthening <laughs> it through every artery and aortas in Jesus' name that they are clear, completely clear yes, and remaining clear. Hallelujah. He is going to live all the length of days that you have appointed you. for him, Lord God, in no Jesus' mighty name. Yes. And Father, I pray for those that have been suffering. The Lord just spoke to me and he said, Carol, what have I said to you? If you see more than two when it goes into three and four and whatever, that's usually demonic. So, okay, when there's something that happens, Carrie rolled her ankle. She's been on a bad ankle for a couple weeks, a week and a half. Gracie's Grace, knee. Grace has fluid in her knees because get an MRI. I just saw Sophia with what she do. And she hurt herself. Yeah, okay. so Father, in Jesus' Let's name, agree together, we come church. against this because nobody else in this church is going to fall. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I've Christ. heard some other people, <clears throat> women, that have told me they have fallen recently. And, and Aaron Berg. Huh? And Aaron Berg with his ankle. And Aaron, yeah, his ankle too. So in Jesus' mighty in name, Jesus name, we come against these demonic attacks of falling, twisting, whatever it is, damaging, Father, uh, uh, bones, Jesus. tissues, in the name of Ligaments. Jesus. We come against Sipre these spirits that are causing this in Jesus' name, and we command them to Cartilage flee and leave healed. this church and leave every person in and Jesus household name. in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, we thank you for your divine angels that are there to minister to them, lest they 
fall and strike their foot against the stone and they yes, will fall, Lord. Father. That you will hold them up. And that's just not you, in the spirit realm that means that, but yeah, also the in the physical realm, in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Father, we thank you that this church is coming into divine order, yes, divine alignment Hallelujah. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I thank you when we release the healing power of God into Woo! the tendons, the muscles, Shake the cartilage. It. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, in and Jesus every name. person. Now, I'm going to ask Sue and Charity, if you can come up and just lay your hands on Carrie real fast. I'm going to ask Christy, Vicky, go over to Grace over there, Val and, and Lisa. Go over to them. Um, and then Hallelujah. afterwards, I'm going to ask some of the ladies to, I want Protoss you to lay hands on Sophia, okay? Because she, yeah. And we're going to believe God. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing in right now, affecting the cure. Your anointing is affecting the cure. Your anointing of the Holy Ghost, Jesus, that lives inside of them is affecting the cure. We speak and we say anointing flow into that damaged area. Restore, heal completely right now. Pain, leave Jesus' name. Fluid, come out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you for mending cartilages. Hallelujah. Swelling, go down. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Bones, be healed. Bones, yes, in Jesus' name. Chip, be healed in Jesus' name. Lungs, be healed in Jesus' name. I come against this virus that's been attacking the people in the church. And I speak to it, and I command it to stop right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. And I thank you, and also for Debbie, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Tim, Hallelujah. You put your hand on, on his chest you in Jesus' name. To Debbie, Thank you, Father. We speak we to the lungs you. and we say, be clear, open up, bronchitis. Be clear, open up in Don't Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' Quick. name. Thank you, Father. Nick, come Thank on. Thank you, yeah, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Let's agree and we're just going to believe God for an overhaul. God, then an overhaul. Yes. Total freedom from Jesus. allergies. A supernatural deposit into, into his body. In the name of Jesus, right We now. speak to the DNA right and now. command it to in come Jesus into divine alignment, name. divine order. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We believe, Jesus. Father. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Father. Your word says to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. And we believe it with all our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the church in in action. Hallelujah. Okay, somebody want to go back and lay hands on one of the men. Okay. Dennis, can you go and lay hands on Nick, you want to go join your father in law? Pray for Bill. His chest. The gentleman in the. Coming out in Jesus' name. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. Commanded to come out. Amen. As aggressive as I'm praying, guys, be that aggressive. I know you have to be gentle with people, but I'll tell you something. When it comes to yourself, be aggressive. Aggressive. Hallelujah. But be aggressive in your faith when you minister to people in love, gentleness. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise, praise the Lord. Lord. Yeah. This is church, church. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank, thank you for you, the Father. anointing. For the word of God and for your presence in our lives, and our families, our Hallelujah. homes, in the Jesus. workplace, in the marketplace. Use us this week, Holy One. Use us, Lord. And Lord, in the house cleaning that you're doing so that we can have great triumph 
and victory this year in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. Hey, amen. Hey, guys. Hey, guys, I know you're all talking.